Is your heart prepared for the word of God today? Yes. Amen. So let's prepare it even more as we pray. Huh? Father, I just thank you, Lord, for your people. As they are prepared, oh God, even to receive your word this morning, we thank you, God, that, Lord, you have a word for us today. So I pray that, God, you anoint my lips. The Lord, as the word goes forth, it shall not return to you void, but it will accomplish its purpose in your people's lives today. May our hearts be open to the leading of your Holy Spirit. And we will respond according to the prompting of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. Continue to remember, yeah. Continue to remember Pastor Fran uh, Yin Ming and Pastor Francis as they are away on a break, a well-deserved break. And so that they will come back huh? refreshed and on fire for God again. Amen? amen, amen. All right, praise the Lord. So, how many of you used to believe in reincarnation? No? I used to believe in reincarnation because I was of a different faith before. And so, when you talk about reincarnation, you talk about you reborn. Uh, after this life, you reborn uh, into another life, and then you continue to be reborn until you reach a state of emptiness or something like that. Now, unless, unless the reincarnationists, those who believe in reincarnation, are right, you only go through this life one time. Am I right? Unless we talk about you believe in reincarnation, but if you don't believe, you only live through this life one time. One time and that's it. You only go around once. Everybody got one shot to make this life count. Right? And you are done with. Okay? And so you'll be spending eternity at either of these places, either one of these two places, okay? Either in heaven or in hell. And there are two things, actually, that I want to make sure that I do with my life, that, uh, or else, you know, I will I'll be convinced that my life will be a total waste. First of all, I want my life, or I want God to be pleased with my life. Now that I'm a child of God, I want God to be pleased with my life. And secondly, I want to make sure that my life makes a difference. However small or big, at least it makes some difference. Yeah, and that's for me. I'm not sure about you. You know, um, there was once a man by the name of, I would just call him John. He's a 43-year-old man. He has a wife and two kids. He went to a casino uh, for the first time, just for fun. And many times you always go to these places just for fun, you know, for the first time, right? And so, and, um, and he won $2,000. But after that, since then, he has lost $1 million. And he says, he ended up con concluding, you know, I've neglected my family, I neglected my friends, I lied to them, I used them to get money. I blew my, my, my father's inheritance. I lied to the banks. You know, you do everything. You do anything to get your fix. So the truth of this is that this man, his compulsion has thrown his life off, way out of balance. And there are many people like this. 
wasting his money, he also wasted his life. Now you see, all of us, we are much, much, much more valuable than one million dollars. Do you believe that? Yeah? Much more valuable than one million dollars. We have time. We have this life. Now how much time do we have left? Not much time. <laughs> I look across this congregation, probably we have at least you know, 10 to 50 years. Okay? A range between 10 to 50 years. 10, not too much time. 50 years, definitely more time. Okay? Um, but whether 10 or 50, uh, we can still make our life count. Right? So whether you have how many, whatever age you are right now, now, the late U.S. President John F. Kennedy, okay, uh, this is my message today, make your life count. The late John F. Pres uh, Kennedy, he said this, he told the Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, but ask what you can do for your country. Yeah, that's what he said before. Now, how many times have we asked God to do something for us? You know, I don't know about you, but many times I have been asking God to do something for me. God, do this for me. God, do that for me. God, you know, give me this, give me that. Perhaps, you know, we should now say, ask not what the Lord can do for you, but ask what you can do for the Lord. Think about it for a moment. Now say with, stay this with me. Life is short. Live it right. Life is short. Live it right. So today's sermon is about making your life count in this brief life that as we prepare for eternity. Yeah, let's look at Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15 to 20. 15 says, I'm not sure whether you can read it. Hopefully you can. But go into your Bible. There's something, sometimes perhaps, you know, I should just uh, don't have the verse on the, on the screen so that we will get used to going into our Bible, referring to our Bibles. You know? But nowadays, of course, you have electronic Bibles in our phone, in our tablets. But anyway, just read verse uh, 15. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let me just give you another version of this passage. It's taken from the message. It's kind of like a paraphrase. Very interesting. Okay, this paraphrase is from uh, the message version. Uh, it says, don't waste your time on useless work. Mere busy work. The barren pursuits of darkness. Expose those, these things for the sham they are. It's a scandal when people waste their lives on things they must do in the darkness 
where no one will see. Rip the cover of those frauds and see how attractive they look in the light of Christ. Wake up from your sleep, climb out of, of your coffins, Christ will show you the light. So watch your step, use your head, make the most of every chance you get. These are desperate times. So don't live carelessly, unthinkingly. Make sure you understand what the master wants. Don't drink too much wine. That cheapens your life. Drink the Spirit of God. Huge drafts of Him. <laughs> Sing hymns instead of drinking songs. Drinking songs. Sing songs from your heart to Christ. Sing praises over everything. Any excuse for a song to God the Father in the name of our Master Jesus Christ. <laughs> Interesting paraphrase, huh? But both these passages, whatever version they're from, basically tells us to make our lives count. Right? Makes our lives count. Now, the, how best can we make our lives count? First of all, there's two ways. One is the biblical way. Biblical way. Now, we talk about the biblical way. Of course, we look to the Bible, we took the Word of God and say how we should live. Right? And so, first of all, when you look at the passage, this passage tells us how we should live in a biblical way. First of all, you care for how you live. Care for how you live. Ephesians 5 wants us to make a difference with our lives. And therefore, in verse 15, it says, Be careful. Be careful then how you live. When you talk about to be careful, Essentially, it's like a big, take a good and close look into your lives at all times. So it's like a constant reminder to us that every day we must take a close look at our lives. How are we living this life? This every day, daily. Are we living, you know, according to this passage, are we living closer to the light? Or closer to the darkness. Which way are we living? Many people live in between. One foot in the light, one foot in the darkness. Am I right? Possibly. But now is a time to take control. Take charge of our lives. That's why the verse says, be careful how you live. It's about taking charge, taking control, not so much living our lives you know, in, in a way that according to this passage, you know, you're living more in the darkness. But it's time to move to the light. And then in order to do so, we got to take charge. We got to be careful. Romans chapter 12 verse 2 tells us, Paul says, do not conform to the pattern of this world. That is the darkness. That is moving to the darkness when you are conforming to the patterns of this world. Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Everybody says transformed. transformed. So to transform is talking about moving to the light. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing and perfect will. J.B. Phillips translates verse 15 this way. He says, Live not as men who do not know the meaning of life, but as those who do. 
So we talk about count, making your lives count. We are Christians. We are God's people. Therefore, we ought to know how to live this life. Amen? We ought to know how to do this life because we know the meaning of life. Because God's word, we have been saved to this life. So from time to time, we need to be reminded that our lives on this earth is brief compared to eternity. And compared to eternity, our life is just like a speck in the span of the universe. Now, how, how different would you live? If you knew that you won't be around in, they say, a month's time. I'm sure you will agree you will live very differently. Very differently. Many of us, you know, myself included, we are just living as if we can still get many more years to come. You know, uh, if I'm 50 plus, you're counting average probably about 70, 80 plus. I still have 20, 30 years. If you're younger, you have even more years. But if you just have one month's time, wow, a lot of things will just, you know, go into your mind and you just trying to think, what, what should I do in this one month's time? You know, I will really prioritize. Would you hug your loved ones more? Contact, you know, friends who have missed out, you know, or, or lost contact to men, fences especially. Pursue the opportunities that you have uh, always talked about but never get to do. Many things will just cross your mind because there's no much time left. So every morning we should remind ourselves that every minute, every breath that we take is a gift from God. And so let's start living as those who know the meaning of life. Apostle is saying, don't let the world around you shape your life. Don't be conformed. Don't be squeezed into taking the way into the ways of the world. Have you played with Play-Doh before? Yeah. Uh, if you got small kids, it probably you, huh? You basically you take the Play-Doh, you shape it the way you know you want it. So if you are living according to the ways of this world, the world is shaping you according to how you it wants you to be. But not as God's children. So the life choice be lies before us is this. To conform or to be transformed. To conform or to be transformed. So first, care for how you live, the biblical way. Right? Care for how you live. Secondly, this passage tells us also, know the will of God. We, know, we need to know the will of God. When you talk about to be careful with how you live, you need to make a decision of whether you want to make it count according to God's will. Yeah, you want to make, it, you make your lives count, but when you talk about the biblical way, you want to make it count according to God's will. Try to understand what the Lord wants you to do. Now, when you're seeking God's will, Know this, God is a planner. He is not a reactor, reacting to something. He's a planner. Because right from the beginning of time, God has been making plans for you and I. 
Okay, even when you are in your mother's womb, you know, when you are being created, God already has a plan for you. So he has, he's a planner. He's not reacting to when things happen, then he just act hard, make decisions, kind of thing. No, that's not our God. Our God is a planner. And so he didn't create us to live without hope, without purpose. So how do you discover God's will then? The Bible says if you lack wisdom, if you lack understanding, therefore if you lack knowledge of God's will, then ask God for it. Ask God. You know, one year ago, I resigned from my previous church. So, and after so many years, you know, in that church, um, after I resigned, I asked God, God, what do you want me to do? And I'm also human, whether I'm pastor or not, reverend or not. Uh, sometimes I can, can become irrelevant. <laughs> what a title. Um, and so, you know, uh, so I asked God, what, what, what do you want me to do next? In all these years, I have only known to be, you know, a pastor, do a pastor's work, that kind of thing. And so, now, I got very overly eager, you know, to continue to do the work of, of, of the ministry. And so, without waiting for God, I just ventured into something. But that was a mistake. You know, I went ahead of God. That was not God's will for me. And I learned that lesson. You know, and husbands, get this tip from me. Always listen to your wives. You know, my wife actually said, just wait. But you know, men, uh, we cannot wait. Uh. We must do something. Uh. So, you know, so must do something. And so, then I learned my lesson. So I said, okay, wait. And I wait. And I waited. And then God, in His ways, began to show me what I should be doing next. You know, there was one time I actually got angry with God, okay? I told God, you know, waiting is really not easy. So after I waited, nothing seems to be happening, you know, kind of thing. I got angry with God. I, got, I said, God, if you're done with me, you're done with my, your calling upon me, don't need to serve me, just tell me. Uh. I really tell God that, you know. I said, God, just tell me, like, you know, done with me, finish. I will just get out of the ministry and that's it, you know. But God was so merciful. Uh. <laughs> he is so patient with me. And through another dear sister who just sent a, a, a Bible message right on the dot, you know, and said to her, God is not done with me yet. And so he began to show me and, and, and you know, uh, that it's time my season is to do the work of counseling. You know, uh, 15 years ago, I ventured into that. I didn't have the opportunity to really practice so much because, you know, taking, up the, taking care of the church and all that. And so now is the season. Now is my season. And so, and uh, how God opened the door, you know, I got my license and everything from the government and things like that is really the hand of God. And God is just showing it to me. That's the will of God. And so, know God and ask God. So, in James chapter 1, verse 5, it tells us, if you want to know what God wants you to do, ask Him. Ask Him, and He will gladly tell you, for He's always ready to give a bountiful supply of wisdom to all who ask Him. 
bountiful supply of wisdom, church. Bountiful, ask him. You're not sure what is next for your life? What are you to do? You know, after this, you know, in the transitions that you have to make, ask God. If not sure how you should make your life count, ask God. And he will gladly tell you. Why? Because he already has a plan for you. Amen? He has a plan for you. He has a destiny for you. Is we, sometimes if we, in our own ways, in our own thinking, our intelligence, we get out of, or get off his plan for us. And we find ourselves, you know, heading directionless. Anything that's out of God's will is always second best. Yeah? Only in God's will you find fulfillment, you find meaning, you find purpose. So seek God for his will. And don't look to the world for answers. Don't look to the world for answers. Yes, there's a lot of wise people, intelligent you know, people, experienced people. Yes, you, it's not saying that you cannot ask them for advice and things like that. But where must you turn to? Who must you turn to first? God. Turn to God first. And perhaps God will send people along your way, you know, to give you uh, other ideas, you know, uh, and, and ways and, and advice, the kind of thing. Because anything offered in the world is only temporary. Only the things offered by God are eternal and lasting. And so you will find God's will by surrendering your life fully and completely to the Lord. Jesus the one doesn't want half-hearted disciples, church. He wants fully devoted disciples. You may think your life is like a pie, you know, what's a pie? A tart or what, a cake, whatever. Um, a cake or pie with different slices. One slice is your career, one, another slice is your so social life, another slice is your family. Um, Another could be recreation, your hobby. Another could be your future planning. Then another part is your spiritual life. You know, um, and so God has that nice piece of your pie, you know, one piece. But God is saying, wait a minute, I want the whole pie. God wants your whole life not just one part of your life. Why? Because he has planned out the whole pie for you. And so if God wants the whole pie, then we have to realign our priorities, our resources according to his plan. Consider the opposite. A heart of foolishness will mean spending your best energy and resources on things that don't matter. That will be the opposite of wisdom. Spending all your best energy, your resources on things that don't matter, that don't last, and leaving only the remaining, you know, leftover energy and resources for those things that should matter. So while you chase your career and life paths, is that living by God's will? 
And would that make your life count? So the only way that you can make your life count is to live it by God's way, by God's will. So the life choice for you today is this, God's will or my own will? God's will or my own will? So that's the biblical way. Care for how you live. Know the will of God. And let me show you what is the practical way. Give you four words to help you on your way to make your life really count God's way in practical ways. Right? Everything is God's way, God's will, you know, God's uh, plan. First of all, walk. Right? Walk. And when you walk, first of all, you have to walk with God. Walk with God. Increase your grasp of how God wants you to live. And this can only come about no other way than to walk with Him daily, daily. In the Old Testament, we read of Noah, people like Noah and uh, Enoch or Abraham, how they walked with God. Yeah? You hear of this, you know, Enoch walked with God. You know, Abraham walked with God. Or, you know, Noah walked with God. So what does it mean to walk with God? Uh, it's like uh, walking, walking, yeah, walking, you're just beside. But basically in those days when you talk about walk with God, the original Hebrew meaning for walking implies that these people went up and down, in and out, to and fro, arm in arm with God. That's how close, you know. Everything, they're just walking with God everywhere they go. That's walking in the whole uh, old Hebrew meaning. So only then can God teach you how to live. They are so close with God that when we walk with God, God can tell them how they should live. And you want to hear from Him because He has all mapped up for you and your journey in life. Many of us do not walk with Him, but yet expect God to tell us to set out our lives you know, properly or the way we want it. When we are still not walking with God. Psalms 90 verse 12 tells us to, they say, God, Lord, teach us to number our days. Very interestingly, it didn't say, Lord, teach us to number our weeks, our months, our years. But it says, teach us to number our days. What do you mean to number our days? It's not like counting the days. Huh? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Teach us the number of days basically is to how you should spend every day, how to make it count, how to make it meaningful. Teach us to number. When you say number, you talk about making it significant, not just any ordinary day that will just pass by kind of thing. But teach us the number of days. That every day we ask God, God, how should I live this day? According to your plan, according to your will. What do you want me to do? And so this can only come on a daily basis when you say, Lord, teach us the number of days. The foundation for a life of impact starts with a life-changing walk with God. If you want a life that is impact, impactful, that is impacting, you've got to walk with God because that is life-changing to you. So the life choice for you today is this. Are you walking with God? Or are you walking on your own?
And when you walk with God, not only you walk with God, but also walk with others. Walk with others. When you're walking with God and having mapped up, mapped out your life journey, it's also helpful to walk with others too, connect with others. You know, seeing opportunities and, and handling challenges together. I believe many of those who are in the cell groups, you, you can testify how good it is to be walking together, you know, encouraging one another, connecting, and, and, and things like that in your spiritual journeys. And so those of you, you are not uh, attending any cell right now, you are missing out on something about this walking with others. You know, I would encourage you to go connect yourself with a cell, cell group, or uh, if there's some reasons you can't attend a physical cell, uh, then come and join my online cell. Uh, so those cell leaders say, wow, Pastor, it has an unfair advantage promoting your online cell. <laughs> ah, <laughs> wow. <laughs> so if for some reasons you are not able to go to a physical cell every Friday, you know, there are, there are cells on Fridays, come and join us in the online cell. We have it every Friday as well. Connect, walk together, all right? Walk together. So, in any case, um, if you are matured enough, now if you have living long in, the, in, the, in, 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 in this faith, walk also with others to help mentor someone else in their journey, yeah? in their spiritual journey. Because walking with others make a difference in their lives. Yeah, God has not brought us to all these experiences, spiritual experiences, you know, to save it for your own self. Maybe you can encourage a younger Christian, you know, in this life. Surely that will make your life count. So, if not, you're just only living for yourselves. Your life only counts for yourself. Make it count for others' sake. Albert Einstein said this, only a life lived for others is a life worthwhile. Yep. So, your choice. Live only for yourself or also for others too. So, that's walk. Secondly, second word, serve. Serve. Now, questions. Do you want your life to be great? No one. You just want to be ordinary. You don't want to be great. I'm sure you all do. Huh? You're just being humble about it. You want your life to be great? You want the, okay, let me ask a not so intimidating question. Do you want your life to be meaningful? Ah, okay, I got it. So I say great, everybody. Huh? Not too sure. You want your life to be meaningful? Do you want your life to be significant? Do you want your life to be purposeful? Yeah? yeah? I'm sure everyone wants your life, if not talking about great, at least to be meaningful. Huh? To be meaning, mean something. Right? Mean something. Now listen to how Jesus says that you can become great with your life. Matthew 20, 26. How to become great, how to become meaningful, significant, and impacting, and, and, and purposeful, this is what Jesus said. If you want to become great, you must be your servant. Whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. Serve. The more you serve, the greater you are going to be. 
And the more you serve, the more influence you will have. This is what we call the Mother Teresa syndrome. You know Mother Teresa? Yeah, the famous Mother Teresa. She, have you seen how, how she looked like? At least now, huh? Very frail lady, small size, okay? She went to India, in case some of you may not know, she went to India, she started charity homes, you know, reaching out to the poor and the outcasts and all that. And, wow, she does incredible work, okay? But very unassuming, okay? In a sense that she don't go for, uh, what do you call it, high-profile, things like that. Very unassuming. But this lady, if she were to go to the United Nations, you know, General Assembly, she would command the kind of respect. Because her life has been a great influence because she did serve people in the slums of India. Say, the more you serve, the more influence you create. And the more influence means the greater you are as a person. So don't think, don't think you cannot be great. Because when you serve, it's just the beginning of greatness according to God's word. Amen? Amen? So serving is not necessarily restricted to serving in church. Huh? Okay? There are many areas. You can serve others in your family, in your workplace, in the schools, campuses, neighborhood even. Now the world's norm, the world's thinking is, that you, is to have people serve you. Right? The world's norm is that people serve you. The more subordinates you have, the more people serve you. But go against that norm. They may initially think that you are weak when you are serving, but deep down inside, they will see that you are different. You are different. So that's where your influence starts and your greatness increases. Make it about serving rather than self-serving. For the Lord himself also came to serve and not to be served. So the life choice today is this, am I here to serve or I'm here to be served? I'm here to serve or am I here to be served? Third word, care. Care. Make your lives count by caring for people. You know, the, perhaps the most visible aspect of walking with God is a demonstration of genuine loving care for others. Now, if you're walking with God, generally the love of God will wrap upon you and you will end up wanting to care for people. Right? And make your lives come by caring for people. Look for ways to be conscious of the needs of others. Demonstrate kindness and, and love freely and frequently. You know, that's why I love to do counseling. And I love also what other caring ministries like food banks, senior citizens, healing rooms, community services do. Because these ministries are making differences, positive differences in people's lives for caring for their needs in very practical ways. You know, we read about in a society, practical people are just reaching out, uh, uh, caring for people. So much, you know, whether the homeless, uh, the soup kitchens and that kind of thing, and even for animals as well, yeah, rescue animal dog rescuers and kind of thing. Wow, they go amazing, amazing ways to reach out just to save, you know, 
the animals. But they basically what it means is they stepped up to do something. They stepped up to do something. Now we have this tagline, love God, love people. Have you seen this kind of tagline? Love God, love people. But it says here, I'm not sure where you can see it, you know, but do something of it. Don't just let it be a tagline. Do something about it. If you're loving God, you are expected to love people. Do something on how you should love people. You know, Barnabas. Barnabas is a man that we should model after in the Bible. Barnabas, right? Barnabas, another name for him is son of encouragement. They did not give him that name for no reason. Right? Because he's always going around, practically going around encouraging people. Especially, for example, one of them is uh, John Mark, who nearly fell by the wayside. Okay? But he took, it, I mean, took him under his wing and encouraged him, and then he went back into the ministry again. That is encouragement. So there will be opportunities for you to care for others all around you if you care to look. And um, so your life choice today for you is this, how can I care? Or would your attitude be, why should I care? Then that is, yeah. How can I care? Or why should I care? And the last word is share. There are many ways, many ways to make a difference in people's lives. Feeding them, helping them, counsel them, care for the old folks. Many ways, many ways. But no way, none is more significant than helping people establish a personal relationship with God. Why? Because that will change their entire destiny, their eternity. It gives them purpose for their lives. You know, it's, it's very great to see to have people having a sense of their, your own walk with God uh, and, and, and your experience of your love, you know. But if you don't explain to them how that happened to you, you know, what, how God made such a difference in your life, if you don't explain to them, they won't know how to experience that for themselves. So don't keep it for yourself. That's why in Matthew 28, 19, Jesus says, Go and make disciples. Central to God's plan is believers sharing their lives, sharing their, their, their experience of God. You know, and, and faith with others. And that requires intentional effort. You make your life count by sharing God with others. So you need to learn how to connect with people concerning the spiritual truths and show them how to come to the point of putting their faith in Christ and all the things of the world and growing to be more like Him. There was a girl by the name of Anna. She lives in Africa. But sadly to her life, she was repeatedly sexually abused. And one day she was just walking by, and she came to a house, and outside the house was one sign. 
It says Jesus is love. She looked at a sign, but she didn't think anything much more about it. Okay, so she left, didn't go into the house. Then, through one incident, she became very suicidal. You know, she wanted to take her life, own life. But at that moment, she remembered the sign, and she just cried out to God, God, reveal yourself. If you are love, reveal yourself. And the same night, Jesus came to her in a dream and said, accept me as your Lord and Savior. So the next morning, she decided to go to the house. And when she went to the house, the people inside the house welcomed her in and gave her a DVD. And this DVD is titled Magdalena. Basically, it's a DVD about the life of Jesus through the lenses of women. Uh, and so she watched that three times And when after watching that three times She broke down and she accepted Jesus as a Lord and Savior And she cried for two days And so what happens after that is She reached out to her mother and her sister And they, and they accepted Christ as well And then she used that DVD Begin to share with her friends in school And 25 of them came to know Christ Through that DVD and after that, she went to university. And when she went to university, she shared with others. And 30 women came to know Christ through her as well. And these women began also to share with others as well. So what I'm saying is this, this girl had a very traumatic experience. But she, through her coming to know Jesus, she was transformed. And this transformation caused her to live in a way that her lives begin to count for God. So now, what about you? Perhaps you may not have that kind of traumatic experience, but definitely you will have wonderful experiences that you have with God. And that is a starting point for you to share with others your wonderful experiences with God, how you have been transformed by the salvation that God has given you, Share that love with others. You know, our lives would really count when people come to Christ and experience the same transformation in their lives. Amen. So see what a difference that one person can make, Anna. And recognize what you, uh, what difference you can make. Don't think that, you know, I'm, no, I'm not significant. I'm nobody in church. But God has not saved you to be a nobody in, in this life. You are somebody. You are somebody. And God wants you to make a difference. So your choice is, do I keep quiet about Jesus or share Jesus with others? So four words, practical ways, biblical way. As I conclude, I'm going to invite the worship team to come. Church, are you ready to make your life count? You are not insignificant. You are not useless. Or oh, you think you know, your life will not make any difference in anyone's life? No, that's the lie of the devil. Because the devil don't want you to make a difference in anyone's life. The devil don't want you to have a life that, makes, that, that counts. 
So don't believe in that lie. Perhaps some of you are already making lives count. Yeah, praise God for that. Well done. Keep it up. But you can ask God, you know, to make it count even more. Amen? And so you can make your life count in big or small ways. Doesn't matter as long as it counts. Yeah? And if you want to make something of a life, don't gamble away your days. The formula of success will look something like this. God helping you. Setting eternal priorities. Focus. Focus on this life. Don't let it be distracted by sin and, 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 and other less important things. And discipline. Discipline that will give you the ability to carry out your goals, especially God-given goals in your daily life. So I invite you to make a new commitment today. Use the time ahead to realign your life with God's will and plan for you. And remember this, only one life will soon be passed. But only what's done for Christ will last. Would you stand with me to your feet? And I'm going to ask you this question. One last question. Do you want to make your life count? As everybody's, let's, let's bow our heads and close our eyes and let God speak to you first. Let God speak to you first. Then I'm going to ask this question again. Do you want to make your life count? If you say yes, not to me, but to God, and I want you to just lift up your hand. I'm, going to, I'm not going to call you to come to the front, it's okay. But if you want to make your life count, you just lift up your hand to God and say, God, I want to make my life count. I see many hands. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Yes, hands are just coming up. Praise God for that. You know, I'm going to end by speaking this verse. Keep your hands up. It's okay. It's okay. Just keep your hands up. And I'm going to speak, you know, the last song that we sing, speak life. I'm going to speak the verse of God into your life because you want to make your life count, right? I'm going to speak this passage into your life right now. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 11 to 12 says, May our God count you worthy of His calling. By His power, may He fulfill every great purpose of yours and every act prompted by your faith. And may the name of the Lord Jesus may be glorified in you and you in Him according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. And I seal those words into your life right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.